0: That's indeed.com slash BlueWire Sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Bluewire Sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Before we get started with tonight's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about a few of our sponsors. And we'll kick it off with the thequantedge.com, a new website to play fantasy sports and specializing in dfs plays they has picked up mma dfs and they specialize in the nfl thanks to all their great lineup optimizers head-to-head tools and much much more are you tired of getting crushed by the pros dfs players sports bettors listen up thequantage.com has the tools you need to play like a pro with their lineup optimizer injury tool wide receiver cornerback matchups and head-to-head tools you'll be armed with everything you need to win Pick up to 150 lineups in seconds, see matchups to exploit, and compare players to help you make the right decisions you're on the fence about at TheQuantEdge.com. You'll get exclusive access to industry experts, articles, podcasts, and the TQE community by participating in the premium membership chat. We at Bench with Bubba have a special deal for our loyal listeners. Using promo code BENCHED, B-E-N-C-H-E-D, you get $10 off your first month at TheQuantEdge.com. So go visit TheQuantEdge.com, promo code BENCHED for $10 off your first month. Also, go check out Draft.com. You can find it on Draft.com. Draft in your app store. And when you use promo code SDSports at checkout, you get entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. It's a great way to play fantasy sports. They have snake-style drafts just the way you like it. Done under five minutes or less, and you can get paid out the next day. They also have these new drafts, like um, auction drafts, you can try out there on Draft.com. So tons and tons of stuff going on there. you got the Safeway Open this weekend for PGA. you got the NHL starting off tomorrow night. NBA's around the corner, and of course, they have MLB postseason. They have the NFL action on the weekends, so so much going on there. Use promo code SD Sports at checkout for entry into a free three dollar tournament. Now to episode one twenty three of Benched with Bubba, with guest Mike Alexander talking week four recaps of fantasy football and previewing the week five action. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 123. Going to recap some NFL Week 4 action and preview a little Week 5 waiver wire topics and whatnot to get your fantasy teams ready to rock and roll. In order to do so, I'm going to have a guest, a previous guest on the podcast. We talked a little fantasy baseball last time you joined us. This time, we'll talk some fantasy football. You can find him on Twitter at Roto underscore one. Mike, how you doing, man? What's
2: going on, Bubba? Thanks for having me on
1: again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Why don't you let everybody know what you got working on these days? Is you got your hand in a little bit of everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm spread all over the place. Uh so um my my primary NFL stuff will be on lineup logic DFS. Um, you know, do do the cover the slate, the main slate, uh the the showdown slates and all that stuff. And then um doing a, a weekly column on Raz Ball with just a DFS taste, not uh not a full breakdown or anything, but if you're just looking for something quick and easy, give you a couple of plays at each position. Nice. I like it. I like it. Sometimes quick
1: and easy is the way to go. Um, yeah. So nothing wrong with that at all. And Rasball, I've been getting to know those guys quite a bit. Really, really awesome group of guys over there. And uh, you just got Andy Singleton to the mix. So it just keeps growing. Yeah. There, so crazy, crazy good stuff there. Um, We're gonna kind of go position by position, and I'm not gonna go the usual where quarterbacks and running backs lead the way. They're coming last tonight. I decided to get some <laughs> other positions some of their just do, and let's just start. We're gonna instead of like breaking it down on news and then waiver wire at the end, we can kind of mix it all together and just have a smorgasbord of fun here. We're gonna start with that the tight end carnage. Tight end has just been a disaster this year, absolute yes, disaster. Sir. Unless you have like Kelsey or Ertz, pretty much paying up for tight end has not benefited you at all. Um, yeah, Gronk leaves hurt this week. And, you know, there's questions if he'd even start this week, um, which I thought was silly, but, um, obviously he, he gets banged up. He says he's fine. How concerned are you with Gronk? Cause we dealt with his last year. Once he got hurt, it just kept lingering. And he definitely was not the Gronk that we're used to.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation there, especially with, uh, new England. It hasn't looked great so far, uh, this weekend, uh, notwithstanding, you know, and, and I worry about Gronk because he had said he might retire. He, was, he didn't want to be traded. Um, there's a lot going on there behind the scenes. And that, that kind of makes you question his, uh, his desire to keep going. Cause playing tight end and, and playing tight end, the way he plays the position is such a grueling affair. He's just, you know, he takes so many hits. They ask him to do so much, um, and we've seen it uh, not so much last week, but the, the prior to Detroit and, and Jacksonville both just put their best corner on him. They doubled him up and he was shut down, left uh, you know, n- nothing to really be done because New England had no other playmakers.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty rough there. And, you know, Edelman's going to come to the mix. We'll talk about Edelman in a minute, but um, you don't have any desire for any other tight ends in New England, do you? Because it's kind of a blah situation.
2: No, not really. Uh, until that, until that offense hits its stride, which might not be till mid-season. Yeah, I know Edelman's back, and that should help. But there, there's a lot of new faces and moving parts that that happened in the off-season. No doubt
1: about it. Uh, let's talk about a gruesome injury, Tyler Eifert, who is just—you can't use this as the he's injury-prone card because this is not no. an injury-prone thing. This is a complete physical yeah. accident that took Fantastic. place out there his ankle bent where it wasn't supposed to. He's already had surgery, he tweeted out a picture in the hospital, like in his bed done for the year. Um, so he's not the to worry about him until next year. We do have Tyler Croft to talk about though. What's your thoughts on Tyler Croft?
2: Yeah. You know, I bought a lot of Tyler Croft shares in best ball banking on Eifert, getting hurt. And I hate to see him, you know, get hurt period, but especially in that fashion, you know, my, my thinking on that was his back is just not going to hold up over a 16 game season. Um, So my my best ball shares are happy. Uh, If you're desperate at tight end, he's okay. The the thing that worries me there is uh, CJ uh, Uzoma is a bit more of an athletic player and actually has played more snaps than Croft. So that one may not be as clear cut as I had anticipated coming into the season with Croft really just stepping right into the Eifert role and, and giving you slightly reduced production.
1: That's very interesting because, yeah, I remember last year those games where Eifert was out, Croft was like, especially DFS-wise, he was so cheap yeah. and multiple touchdowns and just crushing it. So yeah. you're not thinking to go – if you're looking for a tight end, you're kind of telling people to temper expectations because you, you watch the same Twitter feed I watch for the most part and um, everyone was yelling, get your Tyler Croft, get your Tyler Croft. Are you telling them to kind of temper it down a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the problem is – obviously the 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 biggest correlation to fantasy production is is things like targets and with another guy more in the mix he's not going to see as many targets sure he can still score a touchdown maybe two in a particularly juicy matchup but uh i i wouldn't i wouldn't be dropping uh some of the guys that people have talked about dropping um that that have frustrated him to this this point like last week people were talking about dropping trey burton for for guys that were way down the rankings and you know, that wouldn't have worked out so well for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been a really
2: bad move. Um,
1: whoever was talking about that needs to go reevaluate to their draft process. Um, yeah. Let's talk about OJ Howard, Tampa Bay Bucks tied in. <laughs> Drafted him last year at a pretty good draft uh, spot. I was big on him last year. He never got got it in. Jameis Winston's back. We'll talk about him in a minute. OJ Howard gets hurt. He's out two to four weeks. Cameron Brait stepped in, got a touchdown. Um, are you just dropping Howard and saying screw it? Or are you running to get Cameron Bright? How are you assessing Tampa based tight end situation?
2: It's really tough to stash a hurt tight end if you don't have an IR. Um, I I might try to give him, you know, a, a week or two on the wire and, and grab him back up before anybody thinks about it. I really liked what we saw out of out of him. Um you know, especially with Fitzpatrick too doesn't have a, a reputation for going after tight ends as a top target. Um, OJ Howard is, is not a tight end. He, he's a wide receiver that can line up in line, um, uh, and, and do it all. So, um, I think he's going to come back and, and affect some seasons, uh, positively. You know, Cameron Brate's going to sl- jump in there in the meantime and do his thing. Like he usually does with Winston. He's a favorite target, but Brate, Brate wears down as the season goes. Um, especially with the workload they put on him. So I wouldn't be surprised if a week or two after OJ Howard gets back in the mix, if he's uh, if he's wheels up again.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'd like to see. Cause I think Howard's the more talented guy. He helps stretch the field. There's a lot to like there. Um, I'm hoping this direction it goes in, but yeah. you said it, and it's been shown time and time again, Winston loves him some Cameron Brate. It's really, really weird, but he really focuses on him. So I'm curious, like if Brate's out there right now, I got no problem grabbing him. Obviously, like you said, don't go dropping something stupid for him. But uh, mm-hmm. with the way the tight end is such a mess right now, he's going to be starting a starting tight end for probably, I'd say, four weeks. I'm going to say, you know, he's going to get a lot of the workload for four weeks. And yeah, I mean, work. the
2: problem with Brady is he's on a bye this week. So if you're hurting uh, huh. this week, well, yeah, you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> trouble. Yeah, you're pretty screwed there. But uh, maybe for the next three weeks after that, you got right. something to look forward to there. Right. All right. Uh, last tight end we're going to talk about here Will Disley. Disley, Dizly. He makes. He's going to be dizzy. It looks like right now because he's out. He's down and out. And everybody was loving him. And I can't tell people, calm down, calm down. No one even <laughs> really talked about this guy before the season. He had one game. Yeah, That's what tight ends do. When they score a touchdown, they're heroes. Um, let's let's talk uh, Seattle. Um, you know, Ed Dixon still trying to get back and healthy. When he's healthy, is that relevant? Or are you looking at Vanette? What do you think of in Seattle?
2: I kind of started to bite on Vanette as preseason came to a close they they seemed like they were showing that he was going to have a role he was getting red zone targets you know the preseason games can't read too much into them but there's got to be some kind of indication like we like this guy he's succeeding and then it turns out that disley's the the new tight end in seattle to own instead of a um but you know now he's hurt uh Uh, You know, that Vinette couldn't fend off a guy of Will Disley's uh, immense pedigree. (laughs) Um, That worries me with what the coaching staff thinks about him and and just, you know, he's been around for three or four years now um, and, and, you know, finally got his shot with Jimmy Graham moving on and for whatever reason, didn't, didn't get the call. Um, So there are concerns there that said you know, that, that offense needs playmakers. They don't have a lot of red zone uh, threats. You know, Brandon Marshall, he's apparently on the outs again with, with the coaching staff. Uh, most of their other receivers are are kind of um you know, uh, specimens with with speed, things like that, with Lockett in his case. Um so you know, there's gonna be red zone targets to to get passed around. Um, I, I could see in a really deep league where you're a desperate grabbing vanette or something with a special kind of setting like in in fishbowl if you were if he happens to be on the wire because somebody dropped him yeah
1: yeah it's odd because like you said in the preseason vanette looked like he was the guy he's getting the targets this is who we're doing um and then out of nowhere disley shows up so that's pretty odd uh you mentioned Brandon marshall which made me laugh because it it took him only four weeks and we're back to where we were with brandon marshall shocker
2: it was uh, weird he kind of looked good in week one and then uh like i don't know yeah well,
1: if if he could just keep his attitude in line, he's that perfect red zone target that Russell Wilson needs. Size wise,
2: yeah. he just you know yeah, he I, I just he's something. He's number trust one at all. Like they, you know, no. they showed us Vinet and then they went Disley. You don't know what's going on with the receivers. The stuff they've done with the running game, like it, that that whole regime just needs to be cleaned out.
1: Yeah, it, it's got to go. Uh, Pete can go buy some gum somewhere else and chew it. Uh, yeah. He needs to get, get out of Seattle. It's pretty pretty much just said and done there, like you said. Um, let's go to the wide receivers as we had a bunch of guys leave over the weekend. And, you know, it's the typical day to day thing right now, but yeah, uh, any wide receiver with a, a bad, a bad leg or something's kind of got to leave a little skeptical heading into the week, at least um, T. Y. Hilton leaves hurt. Uh, Ryan Grant was one of my value GPP plays last week because he's got such a great target share. Uh, they have a lot of other ways to work it. Doyle's still going to be out. So you have Ebron getting on the end zone looks, mm-hmm. Um Naheem Hines busts out for all the receiving, what are you doing with the Indianapolis pass game right now, especially if T.Y. Hilton's out?
2: That's a tough one. I mean, for the most part, I think Grant is uh, he's he, he's only going to get what what he's passed for. You know, whatever the the throw is, that's the yardage he's getting for the most part. Uh, doesn't have a lot of after the catch ability, but he's he's reliable. Um, you know. Uh, Hilton going down kind of dings that whole offense for me because he was the one guy who really was a catalyst and had had the ability to stretch the field to, you know, get get loose and spaced, have a defense worried. You know, none of these other guys have a defense worried, even Hines, who's got a little bit of a spark out of the backfield. You know, his his efficiency isn't that great. Um, he's had a little bit of production with touchdowns, but his averages are not you know, where you would expect to see a guy who's supposed to be a, a shifty kind of pass catching back.
1: Uh, you got Marlin Mack is always banged up and still kind of banged up. And you got Jordan Wilkins is kind of a between the tackles guy for the most part. Are you buying <laughs> into all this Naheem Hines love?
2: I, I, the thing that's holding me back now, I was a little bit uh, in the preseason. I was on high. I had him on he, my
1: best balls. He was the best ball yeah, target of mine.
2: Yeah. I got, I got him in a few. Um, his price kind of got a little, little rich for my blood as, uh, Everyone realized this backfield had no real solidified roles, but uh, Robert Turbin should be back this week, I believe, from his PED suspension. Um, to add one more name into the mix, uh, that that is, you know, already a three-headed. I wouldn't call it a monster because monster would would imply something is uh, good. So. Yeah,
1: no doubt about that. So um, you want Ryan Grant, maybe some Nahian Himes. Uh, Doyle still can't get healthy. Are you yeah. buying into Andrew Luck out of nowhere? You know he gets taken out so because he can't throw a ball forty yards down the field on two weeks <laughs> ago. Now he throws like what fifty something passes. I think this last week he threw all over the freaking place. Um, are you buying Luck as being good to go? Like a you know QB one through twelve, a top twelve QB the rest of the way?
2: At, at least at home. I mean this was this was prime Andrew Luck production from what we used to see. The defense is bad. They force him into a game script where he's got to throw do it all himself. Uh, And he mostly rose to the occasion uh, on Sunday. Some some poor decision-making there kind of cost them the game. But, um, you know, the whole arm thing, uh, I get that decision. Like, the guy missed an entire season with a a bum shoulder. You're going to have him go out there and and throw a ball as hard as he possibly can for no reason when you have Jacoby Brissett, who's a guy who has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. I'm totally fine with that decision. That doesn't scare me off of luck at all. Okay.
1: Fair enough there. Let's go to the Houston Texans. They had a big weekend in Indianapolis. Won it in overtime against those Colts. Um, But Will Fuller, he did catch another touchdown. That's all he seems to do. Game in and game out. It is ridiculous. Everyone wanted their regression monster to hit, including myself. And, no, he's just looking better and better. Um, But he got hurt. And um, they're saying, like, first reports where he could have come back if they really needed to push him. And other reports today are saying, you know, he's actually kind of banged up a little bit. We have to keep an eye on this. Uh, the big story i guess is between there's two things a what are you doing with will fuller how do you feel about what you've seen so far it's early b uh Kiki kute who was a big time you know dynasty prospect and all these things finally got his chance and he got fed and got fed yeah. a lot like a lot a lot the most targets on the team insane so what are you doing with these two these two guys
2: yeah you know, fuller it's the same story it's uh i kept getting him in best balls and finally had to kind of like put a hard cap on it and say, I I can't, I can't get any more Will Fuller. Uh, I got to, I got to pass on him because this is the, you know, what, what is most probable to happen is is he has a soft tissue injury. Um, Yeah, Hamstrings are weird. They they can be week to week. They can take a month. Uh, Some guys, you know, the rest of the season, it bothers them. Uh, And Fuller, he's had a hamstring, uh, you know, since, since his days at Notre Dame bothering him. Um, you know, you're not doing anything with him. You're not cutting him, you're not trading yeah. him unless you can get full value, but it's just a tough own. It, it's a, it's a you're going to every week have to figure out is he practicing Thursday? Is he practicing Friday? What are you doing there? Um, I tell you a guy on the Texans that has a little bit of interest for me in really deep leagues is Sammy Coates. Um, he's he's, he's a, a guy blast from the past. Yeah, uh, you might remember him from his days okay. as a Steeler and he popped onto our radar by, by being an efficient, deep, deep threat. Um, you know, they, they lost Bruce Ellington for the year. We don't know what's happening with Fuller uh, that receiving course. Then Kiki Cootie is more of a slot receiver um, in my opinion. So if coats is going to get the other side of, of Deandre Hopkins, uh, he may just flash some talent. And, um, he was fighting some injuries of his own coming into the year. So he m- might not be there yet, but, Definitely something to monitor or if you have a deep bench, uh, not the worst stash.
1: Nice. I did not expect to get a Ben Coates reference tonight. That is, that's a good one right there. That is way back machine for you. Like you said, with the Steelers deep ball from big Ben uh, that was wow. Yeah. That's a good one right there. Um, So what are you thinking though? Like if you were going to go bid on a guy like Kute, who everyone loves right now, um, you know, it seems like him and Hines are the two popular plays this week Mm -hmm. for the waiver wire. What do you what are you doing with a guy like uh, Kiki? Uh,
2: I much prefer Cootie because he's got the role. Um, Bruce Ellington's out for the year. That that role is his. He's going to be a slot receiver um, as long as he doesn't get hurt himself. So you know, with Hines, he's got the the pass catching role, which has some value on a team that's probably passing a lot. Um, but yeah, I'd prefer uh, Kiki Cootie. You know, um, I wouldn't go nuts, but. Something in the in the teens to, to $20 range if you're hurting at receiver. Okay, good to know.
1: Uh, Cincinnati Bengals has been a surprisingly explosive offense this year, like really, really yeah. good. The red rifle looks like he actually has bullets in the gun this year. Um, <laughs> AJ Green's AJ Green, nothing to worry about there. John Ross limped into the end zone, so he might be out of the way now. Uh, Tyler Boyd is a monster, the most targeted player on the team coming out of the slot. Yeah. So those are all good who do you look at taking John Ross's spot? Because Boyd should not be on any waiver wire fit in a normal league. Obviously, they no. was drafted in like the first or second round. What do you look at? Tyler Eifert's now out. So right. someone's got to get the damn ball. <laughs> what are you looking at here?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's probably not a lot of names you're interested in rostering. I, I think that does kind of, you know, factor in to the tight end situation there. Um, you might see a little bit more of, of the two tight sets. Um you know, is, there I, any, I, is there any concern that Boyd gets pushed outside? You could. Uh, I know they've got Alex Erickson on the team. Okay. I guess he's more of a slot kind of guy. I'm not is he former Badger. I think he's a former Badger. He, he, the he, he's their return familiar. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's their return guy. So I, I think he profiles as a slot receiver that could push Boyd outside. Um, you know, but my my guess is that they probably. I think that team wants to run the ball, um, so they're probably gonna you know, stay fairly neutral with, with, with a tight end in the game and things like that. All right.
1: Uh, Randall Cobb missed this past weekend with a, a, a hamstring injury and then Toronto Allison, who I've loved, I've had a, in almost all my drafts, everyone loved him by the end of the preseason, but, um, yeah. he got the start. He did very well. Then he got concussed. And so now he's in the concussion protocol, which depending on which team you are, he could be back tomorrow. But, right. um, if he's out, this opens up a lot of things because that's one thing the Packers did this year is they did draft some wide receivers. Um, and I believe it was Sterling got to start this last week. But if you're looking at their kind of receiving core, are there any of those youngsters worth picking up this week? You
2: know, I, I think Valdez Scantling is, is probably at the top of that pecking order um, just from reading the tea leaves in the preseason. But the thing with, with Rodgers is he he makes guys earn his trust. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the same kind of thing happened with Allison. Like he got opportunities all through the season last year. Um, But it wasn't until Rogers kind of really started showing trust in him that he, uh, he was able to shine. Um, You know, I wouldn't mind having these guys stashed, but as far as, you know, them being usable, I, I'm, I'm going to want to see it first. I'm, I'm not going to want to throw one of them into my lineup. The other thing is, Allison, you know, you can get through the concussion protocol in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it, it is dependent on situation, but we've seen Devonte Adams clear concussion protocol fairly quickly.
1: But it and, looked like he was a rock sock'em robot that one time.
2: God damn. And, and I mean, even, you know, uh, was it week two? There was some rumors about him having a mystery injury that <laughs> they said, eh, it's like a shoulder or something, you know, uh, probably yeah. was ahead that they just didn't want to have to deal with concussion protocols.
1: Sounds like Heinz Ward all over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling Allison plays and if Allison plays, then it's business as usual. <laughs> I think he's a great play this week, but uh, we'll wait and see how that plays out. Let's talk about the Chicago bears. They finally exploded on offense as we were hoping for all uh, preseason given caveat yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing defense. <laughs> um, if that's what you want to call that. And But Taylor Gabriel went nuts. Uh, Miller's out for quite some time. He's on the IR so Gabriel's mm. got the job. Um, a lot of the smarter people picked him up already. If he's out there, how aggressive are you on Taylor Gabriel?
2: It's tough on Gabriel. I, I think he's going to be a week to week kind of proposition where, you know, he's very similar to Tyreek Hill with, you know, not quite the same elite speed. I mean, he's very fast. He's he's great in space, but like Ty, Tyreek Hill's his own kind of tier, um, uh, that that offense is just a little bit better than the Bears, wh- where they're at, the familiarity, things like that. So with Gabriel, I like him. Uh, if you're hurting at receiver, it's not a bad spot to throw a guy who's got that upside. Um, you know, I like him more in, in competitive games where they're going to kind of have to push for for plays like that. Um, which was weird this weekend because uh, the production you saw wasn't at all typical of a game where you're up 35-3 like Jordan Howard should have feasted in the second half and he did bupkis um but you know on Gabriel it's he's not my favorite waiver wire target but if you need somebody or if it's a deeper league um you could do worse yeah that was a ridiculous
1: game script for any Jordan Howard owner that was tilting as all tilting could be Uh, all I can say is and you've probably said it to people that have asked is Go trade for him. Go get him because there's going to be some very – I've already had – I won't mention any names, but there's a couple running backs we'll talk about later that have really, really struggled. And I'm in a couple, um, quote-unquote, experts deals and i'm already getting the low, <laughs> the low ball offers and i just laugh i'm like okay yeah. get it if it was like a different like your home league Right. But you're, you're trying to like just get me you know i'm pissed off on a sunday night <laughs> not gonna, that's not going over it's not happening yeah
2: sometimes experts leagues are worse they think they can pull one over on you
1: um, yeah like, i was looking
2: at gun now I, I mean outside of uh, kamara this past weekend like all of these games that had big production was just super spread out there was no you know guy scoring all the points in in most of these games which is kind of strange you know uh, that like the NFL is getting to an optimal kind of offense because we saw that a little bit last season with number one receivers kind of taking a little bit of a hit part of it was offense was down but wide receiver twos and and other secondary options were up and this season again um, there's been a bunch of weeks where the second wide receiver on an offense has outscored the first wide receiver yeah, you're seeing you're seeing so many two wideout sets or two wideout combos,
1: whatever you want to describe it. At least two receivers from a team be wide receiver one caliber on a fantasy team, like you're saying. Um, so many really talented receiving backs like all over the league, and most people play in at least half point to full point BPR now. But the the thing I love the most is you see a lot of three wideout sets everywhere now. Um, Detroit's doing with Galladay in there with Jones and Tate. It's very effective. But you look at the Rams and. When you want to talk efficiency and you want to talk fantasy relevant, when all three of the guys have like a 20-plus percent workload target share and they're all getting it done, that is just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting.
2: Yeah. I mean, crazy what they did to the defense that I probably would have said was the number two defense coming into the season.
1: Oh, the Vikings, yeah. They absolutely yeah. just carved them apart. So, yeah, watching that makes me wonder. You know, road games will be different because the Vikings play much better at home, but they should yeah. still travel a little better than that, like you're saying it makes me wonder who's going to stop them right now. Like they're they're going to stop themselves is what it looks like. Um, One last wide receiver thing we're going to talk about here, Julian Edelman will be returning to the evil empire known as the New England Patriots. And they could use him badly right now as their offense, you know, it did something last week and we're going to grain of salt that one. Um, But Gronk's banged up. Josh Gordon's there. That's good. Chris Hogan's been irrelevant. Um, How do you look at Edelman and the rest of the receiving core there?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think he jumps right in They're They're not going to really need to ease him into it. He's, he's been healthy. It's not, it was a PD suspension. So not like they have to wait for him to, to get up to game speed. Um, This week against the Colts on a Thursday night. It's kind of weird. Uh, I don't love that game in general. I, I tend to fade Thursday games uh, as a rule, even with the Pats in this one, like it, things just, you just don't have time to prepare guys. Don't have time to heal. Um, I don't think uh, this is the week that I'd probably roll Edelman out, even if I have him, uh, just on that Thursday game mentality. But we saw last Thursday that it's not a hundred percent of the time. There's there's yeah, exceptions yeah. to the rule. It's funny because the the Rams did that last year with uh, who was it? Um, Whoever their Thursday game was early last season, like well, same the time, it was the Niners. Niners the shootout against the
1: Niners. Yep.
2: Yeah, same thing. It was like, you know, the, that was more surprising because the Niners should not have been in a shootout with no. the Rams. But,
1: uh. yeah, but I'm with you. I always tell guys, don't play Thursday games. Just don't do it. It's not worth it because okay, <laughs> then they're going to point at this one game. Right? Right. I'm going to tell them point at the other like 15, please. i would yeah. be much appreciated. Yeah. They the sh- you know, they're, they're, this is a whole other side note. It's not even fantasy re- relevant, really. But they're talking about player safety. Playing Thursday mm-hmm. games is probably one of the most unsafe things you can yeah. ever do. It is like nope. play a Saturday game, play two Monday games. I don't give a crap. Thursday's right.
2: ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I get that they don't want to step on the toes of their free minor league system in the NCA. But I like how you phrase that. Just just play a Saturday game. Like you want the extra ad revenue. Play a Saturday game. Yep. You know exactly. If they're going to keep doing yep. Thursdays, they got to add a bye week and structure it so that the team's mm-hmm. coming off of a buy play Thursday. It's the only way that's fair to these guys.
1: Yeah, coming off of a bye or like uh, even something as simple it still sucks because it's a short week but mm-hmm. like the rams were at home and minnesota played like the sunday afternoon game or something they had to travel it's like if you're on a thursday game or, or no is it the rams had like an off they had something easy on their schedule that just made it ridiculous so right. yeah it's got to be fixed let's talk quarterbacks so much right. for fitz magic that <laughs> got destroyed real quickly and the funny part is Cutter is just a moron that should have been fired last year. Mm-hmm. If he thought it was Fitzpatrick's fault that they were down at the half, that's the funny part. It just gave him an excuse to play Jameis again. Um with that's, Jameis that's back been his play.
2: He, you know, he said it last yeah. week he was considering benching Fitzpatrick at halftime. Like
1: it's like so bad. So with Jameis back, how are you looking at this uh Tampa Bay offense? At least the passing game.
2: It's nice that he gets the bye week. Um For me, the problem is I I don't love Jameis in in catch-up mode. I think that's where he presses and he makes those mistakes. And with that, they got the worst secondary in the league. The Bucks—they're going to be in catch-up mode constantly. They don't have a running game to help them out. Eh, You know, if if you're desperate at quarterback, um, you know maybe you lost Garoppolo, something like that. But there's too many good quarterbacks out there. I'd I'd rather use like Blake Bortles than the Jameis Winston.
1: Yeah, I, I renamed. Uh, I saw some guys talking about uh, Tampa Bay's defense today because Kirk Cutter said they have to get a new game plan. And someone said, "Oh, it's like did they 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 have a game plan?" I said, "Yeah, it's called the touchdown funnel defense. It's what they do. <laughs> you totally to the end zone. It's absolutely ridiculous what I really they like do. That.
2: Touchdown funnel.
1: Yeah, because everyone's like, know the new phrase: tight end funnels all this – Yeah, it's the touchdown funnel. Um, there you go. Mitchell Trubisky in that matchup against the touchdown funnel um, uh-huh. six – passing touchdowns six it was ridiculous um record yeah obviously not likely to happen again this year but you know many were high on him coming into the year he's on a ton of waiver wires is this a guy worth grabbing like you already mentioned you probably played Bortle over Winston Bortle's got a great matchup this week too which helps a ton but um a guy like Trubisky is he a guy you're you're looking at kind of going forward this year or is it definitely 100% matchup dependent
2: it's more matchup dependent for me. Uh, you know, as far as QB strategies and redraft, um, I'm a weight on QB guy. I, I call it the faceless QB. Just whoever's available. That's who you use that week. Um, you know, people try to get cute and, and they see you haven't taken a quarterback. So they grab their second one. I'm like, sure, thanks, dude. I just got Tyler Lockett, you know. you, <laughs> like exactly. it, 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 you, know, you you're There's always a quarterback to use in a single quarterback league. Um, yeah, in fact, I got packed. Patrick Mahomes I as like the 12th or 13th quarterback in a bunch of spots. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you gave me a stacked team and Pat Mahomes. So, you know, <laughs> That's what I was um, like,
1: Pat Mahomes is going to be the poster child for weight on QBs next year.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my tier was Mahomes, Mariota and Stafford. If I could get one of those guys and whoever was the left, that that's who I was targeting. And, you know, I, <sighs> I have a little bit of, of regret not being a little more aggressive on Mahomes there, obviously with what he's doing.
1: Yeah. You, you can't, you can't regret that. Cause you know, I was very
2: pessimistic for the
1: idea of, okay, he played one game. Game didn't really matter a ton. Let's like yeah. tone it down a second, but wow. Yeah. He's yeah. I mean, good.
2: I was plenty aggressive on him. I, I took him as QB seven in Scott fishbowl, uh, over drew Brees, So that tells you where Ooh. I was on, on Pat Mahomes. You had a Mahomes. Um, yeah. We, we should call you. You should change your team name to,
1: uh, or your draft strategy should be the, the face, or not, because you said the faceless QBs, the mini face QBs in honor <laughs> there you of uh, the Game of go. Thrones. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the Mahomes um,
1: face QBs. You, you mentioned, there you go. You mentioned uh, Marcus Mariota there. You know, I got that stinger on the funny bone week one, and mm-hmm. uh, he was out for a while. Came back this week, and he ran and ran. He led the Titans in rushing because Derrick Henry is garbage for everyone that liked Derrick Henry. <laughs> Please, someone explain to me one day what you guys saw in this, man. But um, Marcus Mariota, he's back. He has his relationship with Corey Davis. What are yeah. we
2: thinking here? I, I mean, the the – you know, he had the rapport with Davis last year. We saw that he became the preferred target Davis did uh, even over Richard Matthews, who, who already had a rapport with, with um, Mariotta, you know, once, once Davis got healthy down the stretch, so that's going to be a really nice connection. It hurts that they lost to Walker. Uh, Jonu Smith has done nothing. That surprises me. Like he was better as a backup tight end last year than he is this season as the, as you know, now the starter. Um, but They've had such a weird start. The Titans, you know, their their first game was in Miami. They had that huge rain delay. Um, Mariota got hurt in that game. Then they're waiting the whole week. You know, is he going to play? They got to go to Gabbert. Same thing the next week. That was against the Jags. Super tough matchup. Uh, This week against the Eagles, really tough matchup. I know uh, it didn't look like the most competitive game at times, but the Eagles are still a very solid team. Um, That defense, you just don't run on the Eagles defense. We've seen that uh, for about two years now. So I'm willing to give their backs one more, one more shot here. I've got a lot of Dion Lewis shares. Um, I think Derek Henry actually makes a good play this week. I think they probably stomp the bills and in the second half, he's going to be the guy they go to, to ice it. Um, so there, there's a little bit of light there at the end of the Derek Henry tunnel, but with Mariota, um, the passing attack looks good. They've got two other young guys there, Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp. Um, you know, Tajay Sharp kind of back from the dead. He was, uh, he seemed like he was on the outs with the team, but new coaching staff, they gave him a chance. He's worked hard. He's got really strong hands. Um, he was pretty productive this week. And, and Taewon Taylor is just a, a stud athlete. Um, so that's a nice three-deep receiving core.
1: Yeah, no, it's a sneaky good receiving core, and they're 3-1 because Vrabel's got them playing good crazy. Yep. like Football. I,
2: thought, I thought they were 0-3 coming into this week. I was like, the 2-1? and 1? What?
1: Yeah, no, they're sneakily they're doing things over there in Tennessee and um, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Henry and the way Henry's good is what this Bill's recipe is. He needs 20-25 carry. Like, he needs the workload and yeah. uh, that'll get him going. I do like Deion Lewis. I'm a fan of that because I the check down. Any guy in PPR league, Lewis is great, but uh, Taiwan Taylor, you mentioned him. I grabbed him in a lot of leagues last week before he's going to be more expensive this week. Um, are you liking him as a good wide receiver two or three most weeks right now going forward?
2: I'd lean more towards a three just with his, uh, lack of a track record in the offense. Um, you know, Corey Davis is going to hog targets in that, in that passing tree. Um, you know, they were in catch up mode this past game. That's possibly the game script for them, but they do have a, a improving defense. You know, their secondary is their Achilles heel. If that can get better, if, if they can mask some of those deficiencies, they don't have to quite play in the shootouts that they were in last season. Um, so, you know, uh, Taylor's got the talent. It's just a matter of will he get targets? Will they? Will they push the ball um, to him?
1: Okay. Uh, last quarterback question I got here is Josh Rosen finally got the start. Um, some air yards data and some other next gen stats came out today, and. Shocker, he pissed all over Sam Bradford's throwing ability, which is <laughs> no surprise there. But uh, the, fa- the fact they didn't change up the offense a little bit seems promising. DJ got over 20 carries, which, yeah. duh. Um, and then they actually moved the ball down the field with Rosen, trying to at least through the air. There's a little bit of light at the end of this tunnel now. We've seen how bad the Niners' defense is. we see how bad the Seahawks' defense is that so they get to play like, one more time this year. Are you Do you have any interest in a guy like Josh Rosen, or would you rather have your Mariotas, your Trubisky, and so stuff like that?
2: I mean, those guys ahead of him, uh, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like you said, John Ledyard really wrote a nice piece um, yesterday. I believe it was on Rosen's day. And he highlights a lot of his good plays and a lot of the plays that his receiving core let him down. They had a ton of drops, like a half dozen drops. uh, Larry Fitzgerald dropping balls, dropping balls in the end zone. Um, He had like three drop touchdowns by his receiving core. So, yeah, and they weren't, like, fluky balls that the guy got a hand on and it didn't matter. Like, he hit Larry Fitzgerald in the chest, uh, and that's not a ball that Fitz is going to drop um, very often. Uh, J.J. Nelson he dropped the ball deep. You know, it was – he kind of overran the ball, which happens with some of these speedy guys. Once they kind of get in sync, um, I expect that connection to be a little better. Um, you know, it, it's 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 hard figuring out a deep ball. Most people think, like – just chuck it up there and everything's good. It's not like no. the, the receiver needs to learn the quarterback's kind of arc and, and, and the hang time of his ball. And then the quarterback needs to learn how to throw his his speedy receiver open. It's not just chuck the ball up there and let him run to it. So that should improve.
1: Now with kind of an improved passing game, like we're talking about, with
2: more excitement
1: to be maybe had with Rosen, you know, Fitzgerald's been hurt. He's, he's not having a great year, but we know what he can do. He could be a little short, slants, kind of a safety valve, especially for a young quarterback. Do you look at maybe going out and trading for him, while people are ready to give up on him right now?
2: I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Fitz. Uh, it's not the first time we've seen him start slow, and I oh. I, I, I traded for David Johnson in my home league last week. Um, you know, I,
1: outstanding. I, outstanding. I mean,
2: I had to pay a little bit of a price. It was for Julio, um, Ooh. but. You know, I'm, I'm really hurting it at running back. Cause I focused on receiver and, and I got like five receivers deep. So, you know, I, I needed to make the move. Alex Collins isn't getting it done. Um, no. Yeah. And, and know uh, yeah, some other spots that, that are hurting me. So I, it was a fair trade for guys that, that had a little bit of questionable production to start the year. Um, obviously Julio had a great day, but I'm yeah. happy with what I got out of DJ. And I think that whole offense uh, starts to, to improve them. I'm, you know, I don't think it's going to explode or anything, but they're going to move out of the basement of the league, you know, somewhere yeah. to like low twenties, high teens as a, as an offense.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think once they realized, Oh crap, we have one of the top running backs in the league <laughs> and we have a quarterback that can actually throw the ball a little bit. We might be able to be competitive shocker. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah.
2: I think Bradford was just an anchor around that team. He, he did the same so- thing in Philly for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, he's just, like he just doesn't seem interested in playing football.
1: He seems like he's done this for most of his career since he's left <laughs> Oklahoma. Like yeah. then the guy <laughs> that spread it out in the big 12 where I know they don't play defense, but he made it work.
2: He can't do it in the NFL for some reason. He has to be the wealthiest player on a per snap basis in the NFL. You would think. Well, they had that stat. He probably –
1: yeah, he's got to be more wealthy. But uh, Chase Daniels, did you see his stat before yeah, the year? He a lot of money for – Almost $100 million <laughs> for like literally carrying a clipboard his uh-huh. entire career. Like God bless that man. Yep. Yeah, that's like hitting a lot of like, – but getting front row seats to the fight every week. That's pretty freaking awesome. Um yeah.
2: good work um, if you can get it.
1: Yes, now you mentioned you traded for David Johnson because running back is very tricky this year to get a workhorse mm-hmm. one, be getting the PPR ones, all that good stuff. We've got a handful of interesting discussions here in the running back position. Um, ha- Carlos Hyde is still getting the massive workload in any time soon with Carlos Hyde. I think he's going to be the guy he's getting the load, but Nick Chubb, he tore wow. it up three, three carries for over a hundred yards. I told people it's not going to be sustainable. But Hugh Jackson, as dumb as he can be, at least came out and said today he's going to make it a point to give more of a load to Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb is probably available in a lot of leagues. How are you approaching him?
2: I own him uh, in a lot of places. I've stashed him on the bench. I I thought he was the second-best runner coming out of this draft behind Saquon. Uh, He fits that team like a glove. He's a hard runner. He looked pretty good in the preseason. Um just got to wait for the opportunity. And, and, you know, my thinking is that Carlos Hyde isn't an iron man by any means. Uh, once, once Chubb kind of gets the chance to shine, I think that job is his, um, you know, uh, you, you gotta have, you gotta take some shots in this kind of season in this environment at running back, you gotta stash a guy who just isn't useful yet. And, and be a week early um, because other people are doing that more and more. And, and even at that, like it's, you're, you're not going to have the fab to, to pull it off week in and week out. So I always try to be a week early on guys. Um, Chubb was a guy I didn't mind drafting and, and stashing. No,
1: I like that a lot. Uh, talk about a guy I drafted early. I know a lot of people did because preseason looked okay. The talk out of the preseason was great. Finished the year insanely strong last year for the dolphins. Kenyon Drake has disappeared absolutely disappeared. And it's hard to just give up on a guy like this. And if you have to trade him, it's for pennies on the dollar right now.
2: What are you doing with Kenyon Drake? Uh, if you own him, you're screwed. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're not going to get anything from him. You just got to wait and see, does he figure it out? Um, I mean, I, he was one of my biggest fades this off season. Uh, mainly because of his, when you looked at his game log, you saw all of these rushes of 30 plus yards. And they were making up so much of his production, and that's you just can't do that at the NFL. Like Barry Sanders, LT. Like there's a couple of guys who've been able to do it. So um, I don't think he's on their level, obviously. Um, And you know, it's they brought in Gore. There was other threats. Um, That said, if you're gonna if you have him, you got to figure out where to go. Leave him on the end of your bench. Wait and see if he can't find some of that magic. Um, bye weeks are coming up. You're going to be desperate at running back. You know He is a guy who can still hit that home run once in a while and score maybe you a know, 25, 30-yard touchdown for you.
1: All right, let's talk about a guy that's uh, going to be a big player when he comes back to the field. Le'Veon Bell has come out. At least some reports say he's going to report week seven, which mm-hmm. is, I believe, a bye week for the Steelers. They'll be ready to rock and roll right after that. A couple things it does is it lets other teams want to trade for him, know when he's ready to rock and roll. But then of course, Tomlin today comes out and says, I haven't heard anything. I have no idea. This is news to me. What's like, okay, let's just say he's coming back week seven. Let's pretend this is real. He comes back week seven. What are you doing with James Connor? And then like, how do you approach this whole situation?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was kind of waiting for that. Um, you know, I know that, he put out there and his, you know, people put out there. Um, he'll be back week seven, but I'm like, let's hear it from the people who are going to plug him in uh, <laughs> before we, we uh, give him the, the, you know, all's good. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if he shows up, you, you got to think they're going to use him. Um, I do worry a little bit that he may have a little bit of a reduced role because Connor's shown he, he can handle it. Uh, not quite to the level of, of bell, but they're happy with him. Um he hasn't made any mistakes. He knows the pass scheme. Uh he, he can do the 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 blocking. So, you know, I, I worry about Bell with a little bit of the efficiency because he needs those touches to to be the the, you know, first round pick that we got we've gotten used to. If he starts getting carries and and targets siphoned by Connor, He's not going to be that productive. He doesn't score touchdowns uh, like a guy um, like Gurley or David Johnson. Uh, his touchdowns are on the light side. It, it's his he, he catches a lot of balls. He gets a lot of carries, gets a lot of pass work. So, um, here's an interesting question for you, Bubba. What would you pay for two weeks of James Conner, given the, the current running back climate?
1: Yeah, because he's outside of last week's kind of weird game. I think it was more kind of game script dictated. He's yeah. been damn good. And they got a nice um, schedule Falcons and Bengals. Yes. Yeah. You got to love that. And the um, running backs and all players can torch the Falcons. Um, yeah. That's a great question. I'd like to offer him
2: my Kenyon Drake, but that probably wouldn't work very well. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you might get somebody just kind of sp- like spun on the news and they could say, you know what? I, I can keep Drake the full that's, season. That's what I,
1: I like. start like a Kenyon Drake or an Alex Collins or something, just to kind of play with that level and see what you can get back. Um, Cause I still think that, that Connor's going to have quite the workload still. Um, I think they still want to trade Bell. I think they have they are so pissed off, yeah. and they'll use Bell, but I don't think they're going to give him what he wants now type thing. I, I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a weird dynamic that, like you said, you kind of want to wait and hear what they have to say, and Coach Speaks only goes so far. But it's weird. I, it's almost like if you have James Connor, what would you give for Le'Veon Bell?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think the Bell owner is going to move him. Uh, you, you, you've been waiting okay, for him unless they're
1: what, what would you want return f- to,
2: to the bell owner if you have connor oh yeah, as as buying connor as the bell owner uh yeah that's a that's an interesting one like you should have made that move already Oh, um, easily yeah that should have been like after week one <laughs> like hey here's the carrot yeah the, but like <laughs> now now it's got a now it's got a cap so it, the, the price just got cut in half probably um i think i think you know you're kind of in the ballpark maybe a little better than Kenyon drake uh, depending on your your feeling on Drake. But, you know, uh, two weeks of running back production and with the bye weeks hitting, that can't be underrated. I, I put a poll out on Twitter um, when this all went down at week one. I said, What would you pay in fab if you knew you were only getting one week of James Conner, but it was going to guarantee you a week one win? Most people said about a third of their fab budget. I'm surprised it wasn't higher than that. Yeah. I mean, there were some people who said yeah. 100% wins are what matter. Budget, uh, yeah you know, some fifties and forties, but like a third is kind of where people were for a guaranteed win. So whoever you think a third of your fab budget is worth, that might be.
1: Let's have a little more fun with this. Um, you know, Joe Mixon could be back this week or next week for sure. Would you go ask for Joe Mixon if you had James Conner?
2: Uh, if I'm the Mixon owner, I'm not doing that. Uh, okay. I, I like him way better than Conner. Yeah. I was thinking you could kind of strike. What about like a Lamar Miller? if you're thin at running back, you could do worse than Lamar Miller. I know he's disgusting to own and Be it's productive. Like you just have to close your eyes and, and realize you're getting some baseline stats. Um, but yeah, that that's like Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller. That's, that's probably the spectrum.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I think I, I personally think like a James White or Sonny Michelle more than those guys. So that kind of pushes them there. I'm trying to just go around the league real quick in my head of yeah. what options are up there. Um, because everything else is kind of a jumbled mess for the most part. Uh, Would you go, let's try this one, because, you know, eventually Devontae Foreman's coming back, but we know he's always banged up. Would you go for Tevin Coleman?
2: Yeah, I I think I would do that. Uh, I've been high on on Coleman. Um, He's he's let me down two straight weeks here in DFS. I I thought he had some some nice matchups, and uh, he didn't get it done, but – I, th- I think his talent will shine through eventually, and, and Freeman hasn't been a specimen of health. No. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Uh, let's talk about another guy that's not a specimen of health: Leonard Fournette. <laughs> that guy literally.
1: <laughs> I, this is why I, I argued on my show preseason multiple times with multiple yeah. guests, friendly arguments, of course. But they they loved Leonard Fournette, and I'm sitting there going, "Guys, you need to take him with like a top seven pick, and you have way, way too much risk involved there. <laughs> like I like a little stability with what I got going on there. Um, and if you like Fournette, so be it. That's fine. But yeah, he, um, he's,
2: he's the face of the zero uh, running back movement. <laughs> yes,
1: and that's my point. Is if TJ Yeldon's available, run for Z Hills and get him because I've heard anywhere between a couple of weeks for Fournette, or the fact that he re injured it and in soft tissue, like you said, and he's always has this issue. It seems yeah. like or something. This could be a year long thing. Like they need to get him right.
2: Yep, uh, I, how, I don't how, get why, why they're why they're pushing these guys to play week, week after week, like sit them for a week, let them get healthy. You know, we're going to talk about Dalvin cook in a second, but same thing. Like that one blows my mind, but yeah, we'll talk about him in a minute. Wow. You you need these guys in your offense. You've built it around them. Like give them a week. You've got respectable backups,
1: but. Well, well, like I'm fat and out of shape and (laughs) I don't have the, the luxury of all the medical care they have, but like I pulled my hamstring in softball, uh-huh. and it literally took like weeks for my fat ass to get back to normal. Yep, I'd almost yep. require my player, you need to practice a full week, a full week of practice. Not hey, he came back for walkthroughs on Saturday and he's healthy, right? No, you need to practice out there because <laughs> that thing can tweak so fast. But back to TJ, yeah, I
2: mean, we've learned how, you know, maybe not unimportant, but like how minimal the importance of a running back is in an offense in, in today's NFL offense. Like you just need guys who, who understand the scheme and who can do the things the coaching staff wants them to. And TJ Yeldon fits that perfectly. Like they've loved him uh, since they've drafted him. Um, Obviously they brought in other options because they didn't think he was the guy, but they've kept him around and and kept him in a role. Um, So he's been solid uh, with, with Fournette out for sure.
1: Yeah, he's been dominating, and uh, that's a guy I look at. Would you trade for Yeldon if you had James Conner? Because I really think he's going to play a lot the rest of this year.
2: You know, I think I'd rather have the two guaranteed weeks of Conner, but if yeah. you are, you know, say you're 3-1 and or 4-0, and and you've got an eye towards the back end of the season, given that Fournette could keep this up, uh, that's not the worst trade. Because you, you could probably even sneak in like a, a fringe wide receiver three that could bust
1: out like in the combo deal. Yeah. Like you could work that angle there. I am just saying, an idea. Yeah. All right, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. This is embarrassing. The fact they said he's on a, a pitch count, he gets like ten carries on Thursday night. A, it was a short week, but he had yeah. a week off prior to that for his injury, and now he comes out and says he's not even one hundred percent. So why the hell were you out there? Yeah. What are you doing with the, the Viking situation there?
2: It's weird because you know I know they want to run the ball. That's kind of Zimmer's thing but uh, uh, John DeFilippo came from the Eagles. Like he understands that running backs are fully interchangeable and that you rotate them. Uh, So I got to kind of assume that that's the head coach's call. He wants his, his young stud out there and, you know, just, just should have weighed it. You know, he didn't look great last week, but two weeks ago he was averaging 3.8 a carry on only 10 attempts, I think. But it looked like the production was getting back to where we want it to be. And as soon as he took back over, things were going to be okay. It's really tough to heal on the job as a running back though. Uh, the, the, you know, both of these guys really scare me going forward. Okay. Uh, let's talk about a guy that is active this past
1: week for the first time all season, Ronald Jones, big time, second round draft pick for the Tampa Bay bucks. Uh, people say the plan was to wait for, for James to come back anyways. The guy's talented but has a few flaws like all rookies do. Um I sniped him Sunday morning before game started for free. at most of my leagues that he was available, wasn't available in many though. Um no. what are you thinking about with Ronald Jones?
2: I'm not huge on on uh Rojo there. I think it was Joe Dolan had had thrown up on Twitter early in the preseason like as soon as Jones learns how to run, catch, block uh, and just generally be a good NFL player like then I'd have some interest. Um, Well, he did lead the backfield in touches this past week. Yeah. That running game in general doesn't interest me. That's not their bread and butter. Um, The player I'm actually interested in, in that backfield down the road is probably Jaquiz Rogers, as sad as it is. Like he's, he needs one injury. Like if, if Rojo goes down, they're done with Peyton Barber. It's the quiz show again. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Like, you know, he's, 40 years old or something, but...
1: he <laughs> seems like he's been around forever. I remember he's at Oregon State running around with the dreads out there. Like, he just never leaves.
2: Yeah, I, I think he played Penn State when I was in college. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to say dates here, but, uh, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I think I was in college when he was playing, too, so I think we have some similarities there. <laughs> yep. um, let's talk about kind of a weird one. Kind of came out of nowhere, and I know I wasn't the only one surprised. Uh, Chris yeah. Carson was inactive on Sunday after, mm-hmm. like, boatload of carries the week before. Um, and of course, you know, Royce or not Royce. Uh, Rashad Penny was not the guy after all. So what's your, um, your outlook on this
2: Chris Carson and Seattle deal? Like what a kick in the balls that is as a Rashad Penny truther, because you're like, Oh, he's finally got the opportunity. This is a great matchup. The Cardinals have gotten just destroyed on the ground. Here we go. And it's Mike Davis. That just had, had to be such a gut punch. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, You know, the, I think this is a case of the front office being disconnected with the coaching staff. They drafted him. They liked him as a front office, the coaching staff for whatever reason, doesn't like him. You know, there was rumors he's out of shape, uh, some other stuff, maybe some playbook stuff, but like the guy's talented. It's just Pete Carroll and running backs do not mix.
1: I don't know. Especially uh, towards the goal line in the Bowl. Um,
2: and the, the real question there is, what are you doing with Mike Davis? Are, are you yeah, not him? <laughs> that's
1: the scary question because I've seen in a lot of waiver wire deals, he's a top target, like Naheem himes and then Mike Davis is like the top two running backs to go looking for. Yeah. And I just can't stomach the idea of spending <laughs> a lot on Mike Davis. Like if you go put like a three dollar bid in, sure, back yourself out. I yep. just can't imagine putting like even ten percent of my budget towards that guy.
2: Yeah, I got a $2 bid on him in a league. I need a running back. It's just, you know, maybe Carson misses another game. But most of that was matchup for me. And I think the Cardinals are a defense to target with backs going forward. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's what it's looked like so far. uh, We're starting, you know, week four. We finally get that kind of a little more stability in the data packages to kind of get an idea of of who Mm -hmm. does what and how well you can attack. So definitely uh, something to think about there. But yeah. People run into pay a bunch for Mike Davis. I'd rather gamble on so many other people. We've talked about most of them already. So uh, Mm. don't go there. All right. Mark Ingram is back from his PED suspension for week five's action. Um, Kamara's just been an absolute monster. Three more touchdowns this past weekend. How do you think this affects Kamara's ownership?
2: Uh, And from a DFS standpoint,
1: DFS fantasy any any type of relevance here or not I guess that's not as ownership how's production I should say how's it affects his production
2: his production I'm not too worried about and I don't think he's going to be in the forties like he has on a yeah, regular basis my God um you know I I think they're going to probably get back to something like they had last year a, a little thunder and lightning style um the big question for me with the Saints is can that defense hold up um, <laughs> on the road I think they can. I, at home, they're they're definitely in trouble. Um, everybody outside of Lattimore at cornerback is is back to their pre 2018 terrible self. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I think I think the offense is going to have to be a little more aggressive. They're gonna they're gonna have to catch up a little more. They're gonna it's going to benefit Kamara. I don't like Ingram quite as much as last season but you know there's a lot of talk with ingram like oh he's in the doghouse with peyton and that's entirely possible but like he didn't do something you know it it wasn't a recreational drug suspension like we saw with uh willie sneed that got sneed in the doghouse it was a you know, uh a, a the ass. Yeah, it's a performance enhancer in the truest sense. So sometimes coaches aren't that um, upset about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to put it to um, put it gently. So they're more
1: they're they're more upset you got caught.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta know when 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 the P Man is coming. Yeah, when he comes um,
1: knocking at the door you better have the Wizinator close by. Yeah.
2: But uh yeah, I, I think he, he gets mixed right back in. He knows this playbook um, for, for all of the tribulations ingram and, and Peyton have had they you know Peyton Peyton knows he needs him he can't keep working kamara like this i think it'll start to show um and Peyton's a smart enough coach generally to to be forward thinking like that and to say um you know let me keep the best playmaker in the nfl fresh yeah
1: i, I think that's the biggest point right there is they know that they worked him pretty hard these first four yeah. weeks that that's they need really to kind hard. of Bring him back to like even if it's sixty forty, like that he's still gonna be insanely productive at sixty forty. And yeah. uh you can go that way. Like Ingram I think's fifty one hundred this week on DK. Does that have your attention against it's a Monday night football game. It's the Washington Redskins, you can't play much defense. It's in New Orleans.
0: It's Since it it's
2: killer. in New Orleans it does, I wouldn't I would hate that matchup on the road, but uh yeah. You know, in New Orleans, uh, I think uh, I think that's a good spot for Ingram. Um, I'm rolling him out season long. If I have him anywhere, you don't have much choice. Um, but hey, yeah, you know, him this long you got to use him. I, I could easily see him turning in like 14 carries and two touchdowns. Do you trade James Conner for Mark Ingram? uh if i'm a connor owner i i would much rather have ingram yeah yeah okay
1: so that's what it makes more sense for sure all right let's talk about a, a backfield situation that's an absolute mess last question we got tonight uh buck allen versus alex collins uh alex collins gets his chance every game he's found the end zone most games he fumbles most games to piss people off then buck allen goes banana but and he's he's available on a lot of waiver wires still so probably more than he should be yeah what are you doing with his backfield? Because i have a little bit of both throughout all my leagues
2: I mean, to this point, I've been saying, you know, the, the Buck Allen touchdowns can't continue at, at the rate they're occurring. Um, I don't know. Maybe they do. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm getting to the point where I, I don't. I don't know what's what with that team. Um, you know, I'd like C- Collins' talent better. I think he's he's the the better runner. Uh, if they're either winning a game or behind in a game, like he's the guy they need to go to. But they they've shown that they just trust Buck Allen. You know, if there's if there's not much time left, he's getting the ball in his hands because they they know he's not going to fumble. Um, you know, if it's in the goal line, I I wouldn't be surprised to keep seeing the the split be in Allen's favor, which really dampens um, a guy who's already losing work, um, which is hurting me because I, I bought a lot of like late third, early fourth round Collins in best balls, okay. thinking he was going to be the, the beast he was at the end of the year again. So. yeah I was, I was with you. I bought into Alex Collins big time, so yeah,
1: not superly thrilled by this because it looked like he's about to really get in that doghouse here pretty yeah. soon. The,
2: the only thing I will say is they'd have no one behind those guys really. they they mixed in a I forget the guy's name, but he he's he's got dreadlocks covering the back of his uh jersey just like Collins, so it's a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but you know, Buck Allen has had injuries most seasons, a little nagging stuff that could happen. Um, so not the worst time to buy low on Collins. If, uh, if you're trying to make a play for later on in the year. Yeah. I agree with that completely.
1: So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that keeps playing out, but, uh, yeah, not as ideal as it once was. Uh, that should wrap up what we have tonight. Are there any other storylines or players that you're, uh, looking at these days that we did mention?
2: Uh, if I can shift gears with you to some MMA, uh, who do you got in the, the Connor Khabib fight? My heart wants Connor.
1: My brain says Khabib. Like yeah. literally, it's it's one of those. If he can get to the ground, Khabib can just dry hump him and, yeah. and 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 finish it off. But if they stand, obviously Connor can throw. And a lot I've seen a lot of stuff about Connor's uh is wrestling his new wrestling coach for this deal, so he's taking it seriously. Of course, I, I really really hope Connor gets it done. I'm just very very worried that this doesn't end well for him and Khabib can really assert his domination in that division.
2: Yeah, like I'm actually the opposite. My uh, my heart wants Khabib, and my my uh, head wants Connor. Oh wow! <laughs> um, See, that's what I like about it, though. It's such a good fight. It, it's such a nice stylistic clash. Yeah, um, yeah I think it goes one of two ways. Like Connor either does get the knockout, or or like you said, he gets ground up, and he's uh, he's going to join Ronda Rousey in the WWE. <laughs>
1: Exactly. That's, I, that, uh, that's what I envision with it. It's like, okay, Rousey gets taken down, and it's uh, like we've seen this play out in other levels of the fight game before. But
2: uh, but but Kana wants to fight, dude. He, I mean, he Last he got in the of... ring with uh, you know, with, with Mayweather. Like you don't you don't have to do that as, as an MMA star. Like he, that was you know he's got no boxing experience professionally. So it, you know he's a guy I see uh, the money matters to him, but I think he's a fighter at heart. So
1: I'm with you there. And, and like I said, I've seen a lot of footage recently that he's uh he got a whole new wrestling coach, went to like a big time wrestling deal. Like he's definitely changed his normal training.
2: Yeah, and he's a great price on DraftKings. Like he's seventy six hundred or seventy eight hundred. Like
1: that's, that's crazy, the lowest dude. you're
2: ever going to see him. Yeah, because the
1: one thing I'd say is I haven't looked at the fight lines yet for for betting and whatnot, but. Fight doesn't go the distance is a bet I'd look at real quick because I don't think that's making it through five. But you never know. They could scrap it out because most of those title fights, they kind of dance for one round, feel each other out, yeah. and then go from there. So you never know.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, minus 325 to not go to a decision. Oh, wow. So it's juicier than hell. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Maybe but, not the best the K-
2: bet. But. Khabib's favorite, 160.
1: Minus 160. Yeah. See, in a fight that tight, I don't mm-hmm. mind taking Connor in that, that yeah. realm of it because we talk about it a lot on the old shows I used to do is when you're looking at MMA and you know it, it's, it's such just one punch can change everything. Mm-hmm. That, taking the heavy favorites and when I was seeing a tight fight, it's just stupid. It, yeah, it really is.
2: Yeah, and, and Connor has cracked some jaws that we didn't think were, uh, uh-huh. were crackable. <laughs> Jose Aldo, anybody? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mendes, like, yeah. There's there's dudes that you know you thought were Iron Man, and and Connor was just like, nope, I got. Yeah, because you,
1: you you could see Khabib coming in for a takedown, and there comes an uppercut right to the jaw, and so yeah, it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the card is I have to relook at it, but the, the stuff I've seen coming out this week and the it's loaded
2: absolutely freaking loaded yeah, some interesting fights on there
1: yeah and then uh another one they they announced today and then di- and then moved and pissed me off is they had joanna versus valentina shevchenko mm-hmm. and then they changed it to shevchenko i can't remember who now for 230 but that just means shevchenko will get the strap she'll go fight joanna a couple months later right. and i'm looking forward to that fight uh yeah. i'm a big big valentina fan
2: yeah that there's some good stuff happening in the women's divisions lately
1: yeah they're finally like it sounds sexist that's not my intentions at all but they're finally putting together like a real group of really good fighters. It used to always be like one or two that just whooped ass and moved yeah. on. Now it's like, like Thug Rose is a beast, but then that division's getting strong. Yeah. There's a lot to actually like in the divisions that, uh, should make it very interesting. And then you always have yeah, Cyborg yeah. to just monster through anybody, but Cyborg yeah. Nunez is going to be epic. That's going to be That's two that, <laughs> alphas. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love the fight game. There's a lot of cool stuff here. Uh, Lot, lot to like coming in the UFC pipeline as always. So always good to chat it, chat it up. Yep. All right, everybody, go check out Mike Alexander on Twitter at Roto underscore one. He's got his work. Up where again this time, Mike?
2: You can get me uh dot com, and friends with fantasy benefits always.
1: Yep, all the good stuff. He's everywhere with all our buddies. So go check him out. He covers DFS season long, all the good stuff you're looking for. And until next time, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 123. Catch you guys later.
2: Thanks, Bubba.